Musa. <laughs> this is going to get rough, folks. <laughs> we'll try to laugh at the move. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see after this. <laughs> Let's do what we do, Lakina. In three, two, one. Welcome to another fun-filled edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. Along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she, I am Cindy Brown. That's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina McGee on the IG. You can catch Second City Sports on YouTube at War Media every Monday and Friday. Once again, you can catch Second City Sports right here on YouTube at War Media, W-A-R-R Media, on YouTube every Monday and Friday. And you can still catch our podcast every Tuesday and Saturday on War on Anchor. Once again, our podcast you can still catch on Tuesdays and Saturdays at War on Anchor, which kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and that iHeartRadio app on all podcast platforms. Make sure you type in the search engine box, W-A-R-R on Anchor. And you go to our website, weareregalradio.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L radio.com. And you can follow us on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yeah, so we are unapologetically fun. Lakina... (laughs) I'm glad you're here with me today, as always, obviously. But let's see if we can try to get through this together as we will open up with Chicago Bulls basketball. (laughs) The Bulls went all for the weekend. We cannot make this stuff up, ladies and gentlemen. They went all for the weekend. Remember on our last show, Lakina, and thanks to Cheryl Ray Stout for joining us from WBZ 91.5 FM here in Chicago. As we talked with her about the Chicago Bulls, Lakina, we were hyped up going into the weekend. We talked about their schedule. Uh, they can make some moves in terms of their playoff positioning. Maybe, just maybe, they can get out of that 7-10 to 10 tournament. Reality slapped us in the face, and they said, not so fast. Mm. Part of my pet foley, Blackhawks hockey announcer. <laughs> I'm going to try to avoid the Hawks, but we'll see about that. Mm. Even though I am wearing a t-shirt today, if mm. you're watching us on YouTube. But anyway, the Bulls dropped uh, two, the, the two road games between the Atlanta Hawks and the Minnesota Timberwolves. They lost to the Timberwolves 121-117 to 117 on Sunday. Last Friday, they, they lose by 12 to the injured Atlanta Hawks. 120 to 108. Lakina, let's break down Friday's game. Zach Levine had 50 points, 39 of them in the first half. Trey Young led the Hawks with 42 points, eight rebounds, nine assists. Lakina, as we said all year on this program, even though the Bulls have a better roster after the trade deadline, you need to finish off your opponents. You need to make key plays down the stretch. You need to learn how to close out games, period. End of story. We know that the Bulls are not as good as Milwaukee, Boston, even though they struggle. We'll get to them later on the show. You're not as good as the top teams in the Eastern Conference. After Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and Brooklyn, this Eastern Conference is up for grabs. And the Bulls have blew a golden opportunity, in my opinion. (laughs) And looking at Friday's game, you had the Hawks on the ropes. You 
cannot finish them. I know the Hawks have played better reset than in the, in the last few weeks under interim head coach Nate McMillan. But you cannot finish off the Hawks. You had them on the ropes on the road. They're, the Hawks are injured, and you crap down your pants like that. That makes no sense. You could take it on from there. I mean, look, I, 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 look I, I said this to various folks during when all this sort of transpired. I mean, the, the Hawks secondary union actually was able to kind of take advantage of it. You know, Gallinardi had 20 points off the bench, and Mm-hmm. You know, of course, of course, Trey Young had 42 and Capella had 22, made some big defensive stops late. I think, look, the problem is that the secondary guys for the Bulls have not stepped up. I guess, look, I get, you know, Garrett Temple, who's hurt right now, I guess he's sort of like mm-hmm. the guy, the, you know, the sort of like that veteran guy, that a veteran voice, you know, the facilitator in that. So, unfortunately, Sato had zero points. Mm-hmm. Laurie only had Laurie only had five points, and you know I think those are the type of guys need to step up. You know Zach, look Zach as great as he did. I think he said to himself, "You rather that they had that they you know they would have had the win than they would have had the 50. I mean, look Vooch did mm-hmm. what he usually does, you know, 25 and 10. But you know, you know, P Will has kind of hit the rookie wall, and Thaddeus Young is inconsistent. I, I mean, unfortunately, this is what, who they are right now. Yes, the yes, the top of the roster is better, but again, some of those middle of the road guys is still, you know, they're still not producing consistently. So, I, I mean, look, unfortunately, the the good news for the Bulls, if you can find some, is that the the rest of the East is, you know, right there. They're right there, like mm-hmm. kind of like in that same level as them. So, you know, it's still kind of meandering in that play-in spot. But again, I mean, these are the kind of games that you just can't, you know, you can't get away from. Now, as for Sunday's game, you know, against the T Wolves, I mean, I know. Look, the, look, yes, the T Wolves only have 14 wins. Yes, they're they're bad, but look, there was a lot mm-hmm. of emotions in that game. They were honoring Carl Anthony Towns' mom, you know, who passed away from COVID. His dad was there, who himself had survived COVID. You know, he had you know, key, you know, he had COVID himself. And also, too, remember, mm-hmm. you know, A-Rod might be their new owner. So there's still a little bit, a little bit of pep in his stuff there. I mean, Rubio, who struggles from three, was all of a sudden, you know, hitting those threes like Steph Curry. So, look, unfortunately, <laughs> look, I, I mean, you know, not, not, no, don't disrespect him. I mean, you know, we know he's been around a while. But, mm-hmm. you know, but again, I mean, you know, he, he, you know, he wasn't shooting well from three until then. So, I, look, I, look, as far as, you know, the Sunday, you know, Sunday's game, you know, Vucevic had 18, but didn't have a lot of rebounds. You know, in the single days, yes, you know, you know, Troy Brown Jr. had 15 off the bench. These had 13. Dice, I should say, had 13 off the bench. You know, P. Will has had his struggles. I mean, look, I mean, people need to remember he's a 19-year-old rookie. You know, this is sort of like the longest he's played. He's not playing. He's used to playing this kind of schedule, so you got to give him a little bit of you know leeway there. And and look, I mean, I, I look, I kind of feel like they, they people need to sort of like. You know, look, look, Jared, Jared Vandervelt, you know, a guy who's been around a while, you know, mm-hmm. he had 27 off the bench. So, look, I, look, I think that the, the, these weird things have ha- you know, happened in the NBA, especially in the long season. You know, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. Of course, we'll talk about the, the Grizzlies game on Friday. But, look, this is sort of the type of thing where you kind of just, you know, burn the tape and just start over. And, and look, I, I think at this point, you know, again, this team is who they are and, you know, I, I, I don't know what else to say about that. Going back to Friday's game against Atlanta, Lakina, you actually shot the ball pretty well. You, you shot the ball at uh, 39% from three or 47% overall. And you shot 92% from the free throw line. My 
problem is this. It was a miracle that you put up 108 points thanks to Zach Levine's 50 points and Nikolai Vujicic's 25. But the next highest guys were Troy Brown Jr. were five. Like you said, Lakini, he had a better game on Sunday. We'll break that down. Uh, in just a moment, but Laurie marketed it. I was very disappointed in him. Only five points in 27 minutes of action. That's not going to get it done. Thomas Zadaransky, uh, as we said before, Lakina, he's the point guard for this team going forward for the rest of the season. He fits better than Kobe White. He had 10 assists, but zero points. That's just not going to get it done. Like you said, but unfortunately, look, I, I see people are saying that, look, you know, Donovan should just, you know, you know, the, his rotation is terrible. Okay, well, then, look, you want to criticize his rotation, fine. But, again, you're going to get more Kobe, more Laurie, and more Denzel. Sorry, Matt Peck. You know, you're going to have <laughs> look, at this look, you know, Brown, Brown Jr., you know, they're, you know, and Thies, they're good. But, again, you're going to see more of the other three, too. So, I think people mm-hmm. need to kind of, like, you know, Look and see, you know, the, you know, like, I don't want to, you know, channel, you know, the late great Denny, Denny Green, but, you know, the Bulls are who you thought they were. Yes, they've improved the top, the top, you know, top level of the, the roster. But again, this is sort of like what we're stuck with for the rest of the season. You're listening to Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee. I am Cindy Brown as we talk about the Chicago Bulls and their 0 for 2 for the weekend. Lakina, let's stay on Sunday's loss to the Minnesota. Minnesota Timberwolves, 121 to 117. As you mentioned, Carl Anthony Towns was playing with heavy emotion. He scored 27 points, grabbed 12 rebounds, and he was two assists shy of a triple-double. It was a nice moment after the game. Him and Zach Levine, they were former teammates. They hugged each other. They hugged uh, Carl's father. Uh, Like you said, he survived COVID. It was a cool moment at the end. But taking a look at the box score, Zach Levine bounced back with a 30.7 rebound, six assist game. Uh, Vujicic, I, I did get a chance to watch uh, the last quarter of that game, Lakina. Uh, the Bulls were down most of that game. Uh, I, I give them credit for trying to come back, but uh, they dug themselves to, uh, too big a hole to start the game, and they almost pulled it off. But like I said before, this team, if you want to be a playoff team, you have to take that next step. And that next step is playing – consistently for 48 minutes and you definitely did not see that on Sunday. Well, and also, T, you got to think that the schedule is starting to get to them. I think, look, they've played a lot of back-to-back. This is their ninth, you know, ninth game in, ninth game in 10 days. You know, they don't, they don't have any for like the, you know, the rest of the month. They have like, I don't want to say back-to-backs because they are, they do have a couple of back-to-backs. They do only have like maybe one day off mm-hmm. in between some of the, the two games. So you got to think, look, that's going to wear and tear you as, as a team. So you got to think that, you know, mentally and, and physically, and the, look, I'm not making excu- excuses in that front, but again, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're, they're playing a very condensed schedule and look, you know, young or not, I mean, look, it's going to wear you out. And I think, look, we saw what happened. And then, like I said, you know, P. Will, you know, he's hitting that rookie wall. You know, Laurie's mm-hmm. not consistent enough. You know, neither is Kobe. Only eight points uh, on Sunday. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, and only two rebounds, too. I mean, that, that's not going to get it done. And I, and I think, look, I think that this team is who they are. And, look, like I said, like I said a few minutes ago, the good news is, is that the, the rest, most of the teams in the East are not that good either. So, you know, it, it's sort of like you're, kind of, you're still sort of meandering in that play-in. And I know some folks say, you know, maybe they should just go ahead and tank. But, but again, look, the East is, is so bad. They're not going to – even if they could tank, they still probably would be like in ninth or tenth place. So I think people need to kind of adjust, you know, adjust their expectations. 
I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, and looking at the rest of this box score from the Minnesota loss on Sunday, Thaddeus Young, nine points. You mentioned Patrick Williams, the the rookie, um, zero points. Sadaransky actually stepped up scoring scoring rise with 10 points, even though he added six assists. Troy Brown Jr. continues to impress, uh, 15 points. Uh, shout out to AK and Mark Eversley for finding a gem in that trade with Daniel Tice from Boston. And speaking of Daniel Tice, he got fouled uh, on the Carl Anthony not I wasn't it wasn't a car on the house free though. It was a Zach Levine, Levine missed free throw toward the yeah. end of the game. He got mugged underneath it. And I heard Stacey Keene on a NBC Sports Chicago broadcast called it out and said that uh, he was mugged underneath. I know in the last minute or so the refs usually swallow whistles and let the players play, but if it there's an obvious foul, call it. Now is is that the reason why the Bulls lost the game? No. But it that was an obvious foul there. The Bulls put themselves in that situation that they shouldn't have put themselves in. They should should have been able to beat this Timberwolves team, but they got to turn around quickly if they want to make, make the playoffs. Um, speaking of Daniel Tice, he did play uh, 29 minutes, grab grabbed seven rebounds, and scored a total of 13 points. I'm with you, Lakina. We said this as soon as that trade happened, that uh, fans are going to like Daniel Tice. You saw what he did with Boston the last few years. He was a young protege uh, in the San Antonio Spurs system way back in the day. This guy brings you energy. He brings hustle. He brings intensity. He brings the defensive presence uh, in the interior, which is something that the Bulls will have lacked all season long. Look, you know, he's going to be a, like I said, he's going to be a cold figure here in Chicago and also Troy Brown too. Mm-hmm. If he, they keep him, keep him next year. I think he's sort of like that guy. He's sort of, sort of very similar. You know, he kind of has that, you know, that, that tenacity that'll, you know, fight for, you know, for rebounds and, you know, well, can, can shoot the three if he you know, wouldn't need to, he was three mm-hmm. for three on, on Sunday. So I think, look, I think mm-hmm. those are two role players that I think the, you know, it's great to have, you know, I'm glad they're on the team now. Hopefully, you know, I know, I know, you know, no, Tice is under contract, but I, you know, I think Brown mm-hmm. Jr. I think is, you know, his contract is up. So I would say, you know, I, I'm sure AK and Everett are going to try to get him, you know, to try to keep him as long as they could. You know, I'm sure they'll get a good. If he keeps this up, they should resign him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, but but like I said, I mean, you know, Laurie, um, you know, P. Will's going to have to kind of get over that 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 wall. Hopefully, Garrett Temple will be back soon. I mean. Look, who who would have thought of me? You know, the Garrett Temple, who's sort of like that's why people say, you know, when the Bulls sign him, he is that veteran guy, you know, that can kind of you know be in everybody's ear that they'll listen to. So I think that's a thing that's being missed right now. I know it sounds sort of weird that Garrett Temple, <laughs> kind of a journeyman, but I like I, you see why he was very popular with his teammates. Mm-hmm. And take a look at the Bulls schedule for this week. Of course, you're listening to this podcast on which is. T- on Tuesday, which is today, uh, the Memphis game, the road game at Memphis, which was a makeup game from the first half of the season, would already been played. Of course, uh, Wednesday, the Bulls will host Orlando in the first of three games, straight games at the United Center. Wednesday, they'll face the Orlando Magic. Friday, they'll face Memphis to wrap up the season series with the Grizz. And then, of course, Saturday, the back-to-back, as you talked about, Lakina, they'll face the Cleveland Cavaliers. And, of course, uh, next Monday, they'll go to Boston to face the Celtics. Lakina, the the road to the playoffs, uh, it gets tougher for the Bulls, but the schedule is still in their favor. And look, looking at the rest of the schedule for this month, it, it, it ends on a tough note, but uh, on the surface, you got to take care of business against lesser opponents. And hopefully they'll be able to do that. I think with those, you know, Memphis has, has, 
you know, the Memphis have had their struggles lately, you know, so it's sort of kind of similar to what mm-hmm. the Bulls have been going through. So you got to think that that's kind of be an even matchup there. Orlando, they're up and down. You know, they, you know, I'm sure this is like, you know, Wendell Carter Jr. I'm sure he's going to be his revenge game, but also it could be Vooch's revenge game against the Magic. So, yeah. So, I mean, that, that should be a, a you know, interesting one there. Cleveland, you know, you want to get revenge on them from the last meeting that you had where they beat you pretty mm-hmm. easily. You know, and also too. Right before the trade deadline. Yeah, so. You know, there are definitely some winnable games here, but you got you got to win them, especially if you're trying to if you want to try to make the playoffs and make that play in. You're going to have to win these kinds of games. I mean, times you know become the essence. You only got about I would say what about six weeks left in the season, maybe mm-hmm. give or take. So you know before yeah. those, before those playing games, so you get better get they better you know kind of like you know figure it out and figure it out quick. Yeah, if you had Coach Billy Down, if it, whatever, whatever combination works as far as your alignment is concerned, work them because this is this is the prime time. This is the best time of the season. The time is now if you want to take the next step and, and uh, make a playoff berth here. So whatever works, you go with it. Whoever doesn't like it, get off the ship. H S H I P for those of you scoring at home, but they're not <laughs> cuss. <laughs> but you know whatever works from this point as far as lineup combinations are concerned, whoever is given the most effort, like like the Bulls have been doing all year, you know, whoever's given the most ever deserves the most playing time. If you're not doing your job, you sit on the bench next to me, young man. Mm-hmm. All right, exactly. So let's go to Diamond for the, for a second here. Say, listen, mm-hmm. Second City Sports, along with Sydney Brown, I'm Lakina McGee. Sid, um, where to start? Uh, let's start with the Northsiders first. Okay. Well, you know what? Unfortunately, it's been the story for the last almost two or three years with the Cubs. Lack of hitting. And you know, they, they lose the series against the Pirates over mm-hmm. the weekend. And 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 look, I mean, they, they you thought that maybe we, – we, we talked about it on Friday. You thought that maybe they could at least sweep – if not sweep, at least win the series – Mm-hmm. That did not that did not happen, unfortunately. They're four and five as of this recording. Um, you know, just just a lot of issues with this. Just a lot of hitting issues, especially also also pitching issues too. You know, Sid, what 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 is what's mm-hmm. your take? I have a step for you, and I saw this on television on Sunday night. The Cubs one for twenty three. What does that statistic represent? Runners in scoring position. Ding, 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 ding. That's why we love you, Lakina. <laughs> and they left 16 men on base during that entire three-game series against the Pittsburgh Pirates. As we talked about this before, this has been a problem for the last two or three years for the Chicago Cubs. Now, I know offense and baseball comes in spurts. We understand that. We know good pitching comes in spurts. We understand it. But for the Cubs, it's been a problem for the last three years and you can't get out of your own way. Uh, I, I don't know what to tell you outside. Of course, is the obvious answer is uh, be more consistent. Hit the ball better. Take take pitches. Uh, try to create um, scoring opportunities. Uh, hit and run. I've been saying that too. <laughs> but it seems that no one is paying attention over there on the north side. And the, the shame of it all is that they're starting pitching, which hasn't really been that bad outside of – Trevor Williams' performance on Sunday. The starter pitching hasn't really been that bad. Yes, Kyle Hendricks had a stinker on opening day, okay? But outside of those two performances I just mentioned, their starter pitching hasn't been that bad. Actually, their bullpen has been, been okay. Yeah. Better than okay if you want to make it uh, keep it a stack, as the kids would say. Mm-hmm. The bullpen has actually been okay. 
Yeah. Well, it's just that, but that offense cannot seem to pick up the lack, the pick up the. Uh, I'm not wanting to say struggle starting <laughs> pitch, but the offense just cannot just pick up its weight. Yeah, I, that's what I was gonna say. Like maybe like you know to kind of like help out the starting pitching, you mm -hmm. know, not waste because you know Arietta his last start against the Pirates was actually pretty good. Yeah, and, and you know, who would have thought he'd be two and zero right now? Yeah, I mean, look, we look, we said this earlier. If we could be, you know, just a fraction of who he was those, you know, two years he was here and was right there for the side I think, look, you know, that that that's that's wonderful. But again, like, look, we talked about it with Cheryl Cheryl Ray. You know, we love her. You know, on, on Friday, mm -hmm. look, I don't want to have to throw. I'm sure Cubs fans don't want to have to throw a parade. No, our buddy Jason, who's you know the big Cubs fan that he is, will not have mm -hmm. to. Doesn't want to have to throw a parade every time that the cops get more than four hits. I mean, that, that, <laughs> that, you know that that's absurd. And look, I mean, they had five hits. You know, again, you know, Contreras was out in a very controversial play. You know, shout out to mm -hmm. to Bukshami. You know, happy birth, happy belated birthday. He just turned fifty-one. But I mean, you know, over the weekend. But I, I mean, you know, the, the rules in baseball. Well, again, you know, we'll talk about this, you know, in another episode. So, but you know, it, it's just mm -hmm. terrible. And look, who knows what would have happened had that that run had counted, that Contreras scored. But again, you know, there's no consistency, and unfortunately, this has been a problem. And like, like you know, like you said, Sid, the pitching hasn't actually been too bad. I mean, yeah, you know, Williams mm -hmm. had a you know a tough outing against his former team, and you know, some of the Alec Mills actually didn't have a, a too bad of an outing, but again, it was just mm -hmm. you know, the lack of hitting. They didn't pick up the slack for him. So, again, you know, look, they, I'm, like I said, I'm not going to give up on the Cubs yet. You know, it's only, we're only a, only a little over a week into the season, but, you know, this is sort of like a part of their schedule where the Cubs should be able to kind of, you know, have a pretty uh, better record than, than they are having right now. Yeah, the, I believe it's a four-game series. Correct me if I'm wrong with Lakina, but they have a big four-game series at Milwaukee, yeah. and then they'll come. Yeah, and they. Uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> and they'll and they'll come home for three games against the Atlanta Braves. We'll get to them uh, in just a minute. There was some controversy involving them in the Philadelphia Phillies for Sunday mm. night. Uh, the the Cubs will host the Braves uh, this coming weekend. And of course, they have a Sunday nighter on ESPN that's, that's including that schedule as well. But looking at the statistics, we played about a week or so, Lakina, about nine, ten days worth of baseball. And Javi Baez, and I know some people are questioning him right now. I know he's due for a contract extension. But he's leading uh, the Cubs in, in all offensive categories with a 242 batting average, three home runs, and six RBI. Mm -hmm. And he has a total of eight hits for the season. I wonder if that if he's going to pick it up and perhaps get close to the MVP type level in 2018. I don't want to throw in the towel for him just yet, but I'm going to give him another few weeks to, to do that. Yeah, I mean, look, he's sort of, you know, he was sort of, he was, it was sort of like last season, right? He kind of had his ebbs and flows and, you mm -hmm. know, he hasn't been able, you know, has had a good start this year. I'm hoping he picks it up. I mean, look, it's still very early. You know, we're, you're playing a full 162. You know, everybody's, mm -hmm. you know, trying to, you know, getting back into the groove of things. And I, I just think that at, at this point, I think you have to, you just kind of have to, like, give the guy a little bit of leeway. You, you hope that, you know, these guys mm -hmm. like Baez have not peaked too soon mm -hmm. and this is who he really is but again he's still young enough to say maybe he'll figure it out eventually but eventually it's sort of coming up quick so hopefully you know like you said Sid and I mean they got a, they got three games you know at Milwaukee you got a you know three games against Atlanta they've had their struggles early on so of the Mets who will have three 
you know, early next week. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll, well, again, you know, we'll, we'll see how this team looks. I mean, but I, I can understand why Cubs fans are kind of starting to get a little upset. I mean, you, you spent this, you know, you, you got, you know, Jack Peterson. He hasn't been, you know, you know hitting very well mm-hmm. to start the season. You know, like I said, their pitching has been good. You know, Zach Davies, you know, didn't have his best outing, but again, you know, the, you know, the mm-hmm. Cubs hit it, could have picked them up too. So, I mean, I, I just don't know. I, I just can't, I, I really just don't think we can figure out how this Cubs team, you know, really is yet. Yeah. Just listen to some of these numbers and the players you just mentioned, Chris Bryant, 233 with two home runs for RBI, Anthony Rizzo, 133, a homer in two RBI, Jack mm-hmm. Peterson, 138, he has a home run and four runs knocked in, one home run and two RBI with a 172 batting average for Jason Hayward. And for Wilson Contreras, he's batting an even 200 with a home run and three RBI. Those guys I just mentioned, they're going to have to pick it up. Yeah, that, that's not going to win the division if you're trying to stick, stay with the Cardinals and the Reds too, for that matter. They've had a pretty good start, even though they've kind of, you know, They've you know, kind of you know, leveled off a bit. That that's not you. You can't do that if you're trying. If you're trying to win the division, if you're trying to compete for the division, your your guys have to step up, and that that's not what's happening right now. That's not not that's not what's happening on the north side right now. Hopefully, they can turn it around. Another team they needs to turn it around quickly as they open <laughs> up a four game series against the Cleveland Indians. Oh, is the Southsiders, the Chicago White Sox, Lakina. Of course, uh, I'm going to use the right side of my brain, the left side of my brain. For those of you that are new listeners, the right side of my brain uh, represents the emotional side of me. The left side of my brain represents the intelligent side of me. Very scientific, as you can see, people. We Thank you. Thank you. Science. <laughs> <laughs> she to me with science. Shout mm. out to Thomas Dolby, 1982 old school Love that music. song. Wait. Love that song. Yes. <laughs> and he helped out uh, produce Houdini's first couple of albums. He did. Facts. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Go look it up. Now back to baseball. Yeah, it was like, oh, he's like you know, he's like he's like the creator of like all types of apps now. He's kind of becoming like that app guy. So he, you know, just a just a technical genius. <laughs> so, but go ahead, Sid. <laughs> yes, he is a genius. Um, back to back to the Southsiders. Uh, the White Sox. Uh, the Saturday's game was rained out, and so they fin- they'll be made up on Friday, May fourteenth as part of the seven seven inning doubleheader. Both those games will be seven innings. But on Sunday, Lakina. <laughs> come on come on these are the games that you have to win if you're the white Sox. and sunday's game is another was another prime example dylan cease pitched his you know what off mm-hmm. after have after struggling last sunday night on national television at the angels he pitched six strong innings striking out six even though he was in trouble the first couple of innings, he got out of them out of them okay. The Sox had another bad game on defense with two errors. Johan Makata's error early in the game was inexcusable. And then he had uh, Garrett Crochet's uh, stupid error in the 10th inning, which led the Royals to score the game-winning run. Lakina, mm-hmm. this offense for the White Sox, they're still going to be good okay. I know they scored three runs off five hits. But early in the game, they had a chance to bust the game right open when the, the score when they were scoreless and did not did not take advantage of this situation. Okay. I don't know if they're trying to go for the home run or not. I saw a couple of balls getting knocked down 
on Sunday because of the wind. If this was June or July, like if you're a Sox fan, you know what I'm talking about when I say this. When the weather gets hot, those long balls that usually hit t- tend to get knocked, uh, uh, hit out of the ballpark on the south side. I'm still not calling it a corporate name. Get over it. <laughs> anyway, but they had a chance to um, uh, send the Royals home pack, and it just didn't happen. Adam Eaton came off the bench and hit a two-run shot. I said, this is it. The game is won. Anything can happen to baseball, but I felt pretty good. I said, the, the Sox going to close this down, and we're going to start to see some things turn around from this team. Liam Hendricks, you know I gave him a pass last week, Lakina, mm-hmm. because the Sox won the Friday night game against the Angels. He gave up a couple of runs. Mm-hmm. I should have known that that was a bad sign that was ahead because what happened on Sunday was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm giving him a chance to turn things around, which I think he will. But so far, he has not had a good start to his White Sox career. I'm not throwing out the baby with the bathwater, baby in the, with the bathwater, or dirty bathwater, okay? I'm not going to do that. But I got called how I see it. Liam Hendricks has been terrible. Like well, I said, I'm going to give him a chance, so I'm not going uh, to dismiss him just yet. I'm, I'm just upset what happened on Sunday. Aaron Bummer, who I'm still a big fan of, he's your perfect guy for the eighth inning. He ain't do us any favors either. Well, and like, like I said before, and we talked about it during our White Sox preview, that middle relief is going to be a problem. If, you know, outside of, you know, MMS, you know, getting hurt, you know, the feeling they've had their issues too. But, <laughs> you know, the middle relief, that's going to be a big problem for the White Sox. And unfortunately, it manifests, yes, um, on, on Sunday. And look, you talk about the Cubs issues. I mean, look, the White Sox were one for 10 with runners in scoring position on Sunday. So mm-hmm. that the ball isn't carrying, unfortunately. You know, you have to shorten up and manufacture runs. And look, sometimes you have to do that. You gotta they always do that until the weather gets warmer because unfortunately, you know, it's been in the fifties and the sixties, and you know, unfortunately the ball is gonna be very unforgiving. And and, and look, I look I've always felt that I'm not worried yet. I mean, I know I see like White House fans are already saying, Hey, you know, get the you know, the game's passing by, get him out of there. I mean, look. That's ridiculous. You could be upset at him. Okay, you could be concerned, but to to say that, not to cut you off, but for Sox fans to start that mess already, go sit down. Yeah, I mean, look, some of them, okay, yeah, look, some of the moves he made, I mean, look, that that, that last, you know, game of the Mariners series, like, he admitted that he took it on himself. He said, look, I, look, Mm -hmm. it was stupid what I did, you know, it's on me. But some of the other stuff, I mean, it's not, he's not on the field, like I said on Friday. Like I said, over the weekend, he's on the field. You know, yes, he can make the lineups and, you know, do pitching changes and this and that. But, again, he's not on the field. You know, he's not on the field dropping balls. He's not on, you know, giving up, you know, an RBI. I mean, that, that he's not doing that. And, and, look, unfortunately, I'm sure they'll get together. I'm, I'm sure they will. I mean, I don't want to say this, this series against the Indians is, is huge you know, this early on, but again, I think it would help if you split the series, don't get swept. Cause yeah. you know, the, 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 the central look, the, everyone, look, the Indians, the twins, and even the tigers <laughs> are, are playing well in the central right now. So again, I mean, you don't want to, you know, you don't lose the division in the first month, but you can definitely lose ground and a lot of it in the first month. So I think people just need to kind of just chill out and sort of just take a breather and just, you know, let 
this month play out, and then we'll have a better you know, understanding of, you know, okay, should White Sox fans be worried or were we worried, were fans worrying for nothing? You're listening to Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. That's me as we talk about the Chicago White Sox uh, and their four and five record as of this recording. Lakina, take a look at some of these numbers for the White Sox offensively. Their team leaders uh, in batting averages, Yerman Mercedes, a.k.a. Mercedes Boy. <laughs> Remember that song from Pebbles back in 88? No, Shout gosh. out Charlie Wilson of the Gap Band who produced that song. Yes, Shout did. out to Babyface and L.A. Brie who produced that album. Mm-hmm. But back to baseball. Yerman Mercedes uh, is leading the team in batting average with uh, 536. Adam Eden, as we mentioned a few moments ago, is leading the team with two home runs. Nine RBI belongs to Jose Abreu. Uh, on-base percentage with 594 is Yerman Mercedes. Any Yerman Mercedes leads to team in hits with 15. Lakina, I've been impressed by Yerman Mercedes. As we talked with Cheryl Ray Stout over the weekend in our last episode, Sox, give him a bobblehead uh, day when you open things up and let more fans in. He needs a bobblehead day. I don't care what he does for the rest of the season, as long mm-hmm. as he doesn't totally stink. Give him a bobblehead day. And give him a sponsorship, please. Yes, Mercedes. Oh, come on, Mercedes. Right, give him a Mercedes give or something. Give him a Mercedes. Okay. Give him his own Mercedes. Let him pick out the color, whatever color, whatever his favorite color is. You know, let him have that. I mean, this new. They got. I'm sure they approved the new 2022. So, I mean, look, I look. I think it, it's great. You know, we'll see if as the season goes on, I think pitchers are going to start to figure him out. And. Mm-hmm. And, and look, I mean, look, he, you know, we'll see, you know, he's sort of like right in like the top five of some of those averages you just mentioned, Sid, right now. But um, look, mother thing, like, everyone else has to step up. I mean, look, Abreu, but you need to, he needs to start hitting, you know, small, mm-hmm. you know, also, you know, Robert, Luis Robert. I mean, I think he needs to start, you know, he, I know, I know he hit a home, you know, he hit a double yesterday, but, you know, he needs to step it mm-hmm. up. I mean, you know, Mankata needs to step it up. I mean, look, at I think that all the guys are sort of like the guys that they they should step up, but they need to step up. I mean, look, Abreu has mm-hmm. nine RBIs right now, but he's sort of like be more consistent, hit the ball a little bit more. And, you know, again, don't always go for the home run. Sometimes you got to play a little mm-hmm. small ball, especially in this time of year when you're dealing with the weather. So I, I think, you know, I think that that's what they need to think about right now. And that's the, f- the feel that I had on Sunday watching a game, especially with the bases loaded early uh, in that game. This was not the time to try to hit a grand slam. Mm-hmm. If it if it would have happened, okay, great. But like you said, due to the weather, especially here in Chicago, where it was barely 52 degrees, you play small ball. You get aggressive, hit and run, and you have to win baseball games a different kind of way. As we talked about it with the Cubs earlier, uh, you, uh, if you're a home run hitting team, when you're not hitting home runs, you cannot find – other ways to score consistently, you're going to get exposed. And it's just something that I don't want to see happen with the White Sox. Uh, if any good news that could come out of this, Lakina, especially as they kick off this four-game series with the Cleveland Indians, Tim Anderson, their uh, their star shortstop, should be back by the end of this week because after they wrap up the the four-game series against Cleveland here in Chicago. They go to Boston for the weekend for three. I know Boston doesn't look like a strong team on paper, but they're playing some good baseball right now. I know they beat the crap out of the Baltimore Orioles. They're one of the worst teams in the league, okay? But unlike the White Sox, Boston's over 500 right now. Well, and also, too, I don't think they're going to be able to keep it up. I know, look, I know J.D. Martinez just hit another, I think they had three home runs on Sunday. But, again, Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, look, right now – I mean, look, I mean, it's early, 
I, I think Boston's going to come back to earth. I know the Yankees have had their struggles too early on. I know Blue Blue Jays have been up and up and down as well. But again, like I said, it's early. You really can't. And like the, like you said, so they beat the Red Sox beat up on the Orioles. So I'm not, you know, I'm not going to like, oh my God, like they're 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 six and two. Mm-hmm. I mean, six and three, I should say. Yay! After this recording. No, though they they look consider who they played against. Look, you're supposed to beat up on the Orioles. Everyone's gonna be beating up on the or- or- Orioles this year. So, you know, let let's you know let let's just you know slow it down in that sense. Yeah, look, uh, since we have a couple minutes left, Lakim, before we have to take a quick timeout, uh, what what impressed you most about uh, any baseball uh, about uh, baseball over the weekend? I had a chance to watch a little bit more than I normally would, especially uh, on uh, Saturday. Uh, I'll I'll not I'll, I'll, I'll take you, your spot. I'll start. Don't go start. Uh, you Seattle say? take it. Yeah, <laughs> Seattle take it two or three from the Minnesota Twins on the White Sox, and then Twins will be battling on the AL Central all year long. And I expect it to uh, become a battle uh, as the season uh, goes on. But Seattle take it two out of three in Minnesota over the weekend. I was in, impressed by that. Sunday night baseball. Let me jump on the now. This is on my mind. Uh, the Atlanta Braves, I know they're struggling coming out of the gate, but the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, they're playing some good baseball to start out. But that call on Sunday night, Alec Baum uh, scoring on a sacrifice fly from D.D. Uh, Gregorius, mm-hmm. that should have been an out. Yeah. Everybody in, in uh, as the kids would say, in they mama, <laughs> in the family dog, <laughs> saw that, <laughs> saw that play. And, it, and Baum was clearly out for the Phillies. But uh, after a review, and that's Sunday Night Baseball, they have five, six, seven, eight different camera angles, and you still call a bomb safe? You got to be kidding me. And I heard some of the Atlanta players and their manager, too, um, basically saying after the game, I'm just paraphrasing here, uh, if you're going to have replay, if this, the result is going to come out of replay on a call like that, you shouldn't have replay at all. And I agree. Well, this is, like, like I said, like I said, this is similar to replay is not needed in baseball because we all know that it does. Just not on balls and strikes, which the, which if that was the case. The games were going on for seven hours. I don't have that kind of time in my life. But. <laughs> no one has that kind of time, Sid. But, but like, I, you know what I'm saying? And I like baseball, but, you know, dragging things out, doing unnecessary crap. Uh, like I said, I've been going on for that, but uh, back well, to the play. Well, there are good. There have been guys that have said, you know, I heard, I think Boog Shiami said this, you know, like I was mentioning about the, the Contreras play, you know, on Sunday where he mm-hmm. was, you know, he, you know, he was going to second base, but he was called out, but, you know, he should have been safe a home plate, I should say. And look, I heard, you know, guy, you know, him and I think others have said that maybe they should, you know, do the same thing that the NFL does. Maybe have somebody, they actually have somebody in New York, I guess, you know, making the plays, but unfortunately I don't know what angles are they using, but Look, you got the technology now. Why not just, you know, let, let's just use it. I think, look, I know people want to like, you know, baseball is the human element and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you, you, you don't want these kind of things to cost you games. And I think that's that's the problem right now. And look, that from play was just as absurd, if not even more absurd as a Contreras play. And I mean, Jesus, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, unless you completely change the replay system, which I think probably needs, needs an overhaul. You know, you got the technology now. You got camera angles. You got Zoom. You know, not, not Zoom like what we're doing, but Zoom like in the cameras. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got the technology. Yeah. The technology is there. It's 2021. I mean, come on. Thank you. 
I was listening to Jesse Rogers, who covers uh, MLB for ESPN. He also works as a part-time host with ESPN Chicago. He was on uh, Cap and Jay Hood, their morning show over there on Monday. And he brought up an interesting point. Mm-hmm. I think you kind of alluded to this as well. And, and now they started this actually last year in the NBA in the bubble, but they continued it on this year about announcing the call to the fans via the mic. You see that in football. You see it in hockey. And you, uh, you're seeing it now in the NBA. Why can they do that in Major League Baseball? You uh, give the call to the to the uh, the announcers, both radio and television, both the local teams and the national team is a national game. But why can't you give the announcement to the crowd? That makes no sense to me. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's sort of like kind of odd, you know, the fact that they, you know, do you think they would have it in the background that, well, you know, this person's, you know, out or this person's been, this world's been over, this, this play's been overturned. I mean, it, it's sort of, you know, they do it in the NFL where they have mics mm-hmm. on there. They can say, you know, get people find out at home when they, you know, people find out in the, in the stadium or in the arena. You know, why can't they do that? Why can't they do that in, in baseball? I, I don't know, but you look, you know how baseball is. So they want to have, like, their own rules, and they want to, like, you know, stick to, you know, the yep. whole tried and true and, you know, not want to come into the 21st century. So I think yeah, that's that's Yeah, they're slow to change. Yeah, they're slow to change. Yeah, that's slow to change. And also, too, for the weekend, uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers sweeping away the Washington Nationals. I did watch that game on Sunday. Uh, Clayton Kershaw mm-hmm. uh, pitched the well of a game. Um, and Kenley Jansen, their closer. Jansen, yep. I know yeah. he's been on the rocks for the last year and a half or so. He's been okay so far. He did a great job on Sunday uh, shutting it down for the Dodgers. I know I don't want to look ahead too much if you're the Dodgers, but they got a big uh, four-game series, I believe, against uh, Colorado this week, and then they go to San Diego for the weekend. I cannot wait for that series to get started. I know they're, uh, San Diego San Diego's going to miss Fernando Tatis Jr., but uh, that San Diego team is a good ball club. And congratulations uh, to uh, that Padres organization. They finally got their first no-hitter in team history this past Friday against the Texas Rangers on the road. I, I know. I was just going to mention that Joe Musgrove, you know, yes. he's a San Diego, a San Diego kid. You know, 50, 52 years since this, this franchise has been around, that's their first no-hitter. Mm-hmm. I was shocked. I was shocked. Yep. I was shocked when I saw it. And I'm like, wait, really? They, they've never had a no-hitter? I mean, the Marlins have had multiple no-hitters. The Diamondbacks <laughs> have had multiple no-hitters. But yet this the is the Sox had one last year with Giolito. <laughs> exactly. And the Cubs had one last year with Mills. I mean, look, yeah. they, the Pox have played, what, 8,205 games up until that, you know, that, that, Friday, mm-hmm. that Friday game. And, like, they have had before their first no-hitter. That's absurd, right? Yeah. But then you look at the, they look at the Mets. You know, they had like a little over like eight hundred, eight thousand nineteen games before. Of course, they had that. You know, that no hitter in twenty twelve, and mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just it's just crazy that that this is their first no hitter. And look, having to be a guy from San Diego, so you know, shout mm-hmm. you know, shouts out to him and the and their eight thousand two hundred six game. <laughs> they get, you know, they get their no hitter. So it's it, it, it's it's crazy. It's it's it's. You know, congrats to him and look, the Padres. Like you said, they've been playing well, and we'll see how Tatis, you know, when he'll be able to come back. But they have won three in a row, so that's you know, so far they've been kind of holding down the fort in, in that sense. But the Dodgers, like you said, said they're proving to you why they're the defending World Series champs. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's just it's just amazing that this team. I think they're showing everybody that look, we want a, a repeat. 
they want mm -hmm. that World Series back. They know that the Padres, I can't wait till they start playing the Padres. I think they played it the first time, like in a couple of weeks. I got to look at it. Look up their schedules, pardon me, but I'm looking forward to that. I know Tatis probably won't be around, you know, by then, but I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, you know, but I, I'm loving what they're doing right now. You know, Jansen's been playing very, you know, pitching very well for them. Now on the AL, I think, I think you got to be impressed with what Cleveland is doing. They've won four in a row. You know, we're hearing, we keep hearing that okay, this is going to be the, this is going to be the time they're going to blow it all up. But you know, their guys mm -hmm. have, you know, so far they've been you know, playing very well. And I and look at, you know, like you got, look, Terry Francona, as long as he's a manager, his guys are going to play well. They're not, you know, mm -hmm. you're not going to, you know, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to, you know, see any like half-assing it, you know, pardon my language, if you yeah. will. <laughs> but look, also J.D. Martinez, you got to give him props to everything he's doing. You know, he has 16 RBIs leading the league and, you know, five mm -hmm. homers, you, you know, had a couple over the weekend. I mean, you had to give him props to what he's doing. Can't keep it up, you know, who knows, but Again, you know, props to him and what everything he's he's doing. And I, I just think that, look, I think this is a sort of like, I know baseball is a long season, but seeing these type of performances of what Jacob, Jacob DeGrom did, you know, had 14 strikeouts over the weekend. I mean, and, and, and you know, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, if the Mets can get it together because they've had their struggles, you know, because, of course, they couldn't start, you know, in the first week with the Nationals because the Nationals had COVID issues and such. Mm -hmm. So, Hopefully, you know, we'll see, you know, maybe the best can get into a rhythm. Yeah. Uh, two quick shout outs from the world of baseball. Troy Mancini, we, Mancini yeah. from the Baltimore Orioles. We gave him some love last week for coming yes. back from the colon cancer. Uh, he, uh, the Orioles fans gave him a, some a much needed standing ovation last week. He hit a home run over the weekend mm -hmm. in that series against Boston. So congrats to him and congrats to the o Oakland Athletics. They took two games from Houston this weekend. I did watch some of that game on Saturday. Ooh, they jumped on Houston early. Oh, they just look, I mean, I think Oakland, like maybe look, maybe Oakland starting to kind of get it right. And we're going to see them, you know, battle with, with, um, with Houston for the AL West. I mean, I know, mm -hmm. like, I know the Angels are playing very well right now. You know, mm -hmm. sadly for Dexter Flap, Dexter Fowler, Torres ACL, he's done for the year. Yeah. Just so you know, that stinks. Yeah, that yeah, it stinks for them. You know, he reunites with Joe Madden, and you know, just a just a weird play that he tears ACL on. Unfortunately, you know, it's rare that guys tear their ACLs in baseball, but it's it sucks. You, you know, with any ACL mm -hmm. injury, it sucks when it happens. So. You know, you know, you know, get well soon to him. Um, like you said, the the Phillies and also to the Reds, they've kind of kept able to kept like, you know, they lost a couple a couple in a row. They lost their series over the weekend. But you know, I think like I think that like I said, I think by the time, you know, what we reach the end of the month, I think we'll we'll get a def more defined, you know, story on how these teams are, who's a pretender, who's a, you know, who's a contender and you know, who's gonna be the guy that sticks out. All right, that wraps up segment number one of Ooh, Second like a, City Sports. Ooh, that, that went by quick. <laughs> yes, that's what happens when you have a lot of fun. We'll have a lot more fun on the flip side as we'll talk about the best and worst from the NBAs. So we'll get back into basketball from the weekend, and we'll preview some of the big games coming up for this week. We'll get into Lakina's uh, Masters uh, uh, update and review from the weekend, and we have a couple of fun topics for you. You're listening to Second City Sports with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. We'll see you on the other side. 
Welcome back to the second half of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. Along with Lakina McGee, which is she, I am Sydney Brown, which is me. You can follow your Australia on Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, that's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan underscore me on the IG. You can catch Second City Sports first right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media every Monday and Friday. Once again, you can catch Second City Sports first on YouTube at War Media every Monday and every Friday. Our podcast schedule has not changed. You can catch the audio version of this program every Tuesday and Saturday at War on Anchor. Once again, every Tuesday and Saturday for the podcast on War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor, which kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and that iHeartRadio app. Please type in the search engine box on all podcast platforms, W-A-R-R on Anchor. Also, you can go to our website, weareregalradio.com for more information. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L-Radio.com. And you can follow us on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, the Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And we are unapologetically fun. Lakina, let's jump back into it. Let's talk some basketball. The National, the National Basketball Association, let's go around the league. And I'll give my take first on the best and worst from the weekend that was mm-hmm. in the world of pro basketball. Lakina, did you see this coming? The Los Angeles Lakers defeat the Brooklyn Nets on national television on Saturday, 126 to 101. Uh, uh, Kyrie Irving and Dennis Schroeder got ejected for saying a bunch of epithets. We won't get into that here. Uh, check out the highlights on social media uh, for that for yourselves. But as far as the game was concerned, Taylor Horton Tucker came up big for the Los Angeles Lakers. He scored 14 points. Catavius Caldwell Pope in 32 minutes, 32 minutes of action also scored 14 points. Andre Drummond made his return to the lineup. He scored 20 points and grabbed 11 rebounds. Um, and Marcus Morris scored 14 points as Marquis Morris, I should say, mm-hmm. scored 14 points as well. Lakina, looking at that game, the Brooklyn Nets didn't know what hit them. The Lakers uh, applied the pressure, and they just would not let up. I know Kevin Durant tried his best to keep up for the Brooklyn Nets as he scored 22 points. Kyrie Irving had 18 before his ejection. But the Brooklyn struggled shooting the ball. Uh, they shot 43%, which wasn't too bad, but they only shot 18% from three-point range. Just not going to get it done. Uh, the Lakers uh, took control from the word go, and they did not look back. I mean, it, it's just amazing. When I saw the score, I thought that was a typo. I swear I did. I'm like, wait, huh? And then I looked at, look at, <laughs> look at the box score. You know, Andre Drummond had 20 and 11. And I, I think, you know, you mentioned all the all the, the role players. Like you said, like we said, um, Wesley, you know, Wesley Matthews. You know, I, I, you know, I know a lot of people didn't think he was still around. They had 17 points mm-hmm. off the bench. So, look, they're getting balanced scoring. And, look, I think this is a team that you thought would – you expected when Andre Drummond got there, 
like you said, hopefully they can kind of, you know, get into a rhythm, you know, until you know, LeBron mm-hmm. and AD are able to, to get back. I think, look, if you're the Lakers, this is like a great confidence boost because you've been struggling lately, especially struggling against mm-hmm. not so good teams. So being a team like the, like the Nets, you know, the way they did, I mean, they basically, like you said, they basically dominated from the word go. I mean, the Nets only scored 19 in the third quarter. You know, as the, you know, the, the, you know, the Lakers were pulling away, that's not going to do it for you. And look, I, I think, look, I think this will be very interesting to see what they, what they do. Cause I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, how this team looks on a consistent basis. Like I said, I mean, I think this is, this is the Lakers here that we thought was coming. Yes. And speaking of those role players for the Lakers, we said this before too, Lakina, who's going to step up and step up and perhaps earn their minutes come playoff time. Assume that LeBron James and Anthony Davis come back in time to, uh, to get their feet wet and get some games underneath them before the playoffs. This is the time for guys like Kuzma who did not play on Saturday, but is, is players like him, Horton Tucker and Dennis Schroeder and, some of the other guys you mentioned, Wes Matthews, mm-hmm. who's going to earn the trust of the coaching staff come playoff time? Because we all know, Lakina, your starters play uh, 38 to 43 minutes tops Yeah. Uh, during the playoffs. So is, you, most teams would have a three-man rotation, sometimes four. It depends on the injury or, or one of your starters getting foul trouble. But you only play three or four guys tops uh, off the bench come playoff time. So uh, it's the time for these role players for the Lakers to – See who's gonna earn some extra minutes uh, come the second season. Yeah, like like I said before, I mean it's gonna be interesting. I think you know, I'm I'm kind of like interested to see what they're what's gonna happen here, and I kind of feel like, oh, okay, you know, this is this is a team that we thought we were gonna see. You know, this is sort of, you know, shorter had 19 before he got ejected, and mm-hmm. I, I think that look, I think this we're seeing like I said, Kuzma didn't play, of course, you know, injuries, but. You know, I, I kind of like, okay, I can see why, okay, this is kind of like your team that you thought that, okay, mm-hmm. this is, you know, this is who we thought that, that they would be. And especially with Drummond coming in, hopefully we can see this consistently from them. And maybe they can make a little bit of a run to kind of get back near like the top two or three in the Western Conference. Yes, if you're the Lakers, you got to avoid uh, that seventh spot. And you don't want to uh, have to win an extra game just to hang on to a playoff spot. And so this win was very important. I know they had the Knicks coming up. Uh, that game will all been played when this episode is released. But uh, for the Lakers, you need to uh, get on the roll. And I know LeBron James hopefully is due back in a couple of weeks. Anthony Davis, that Achilles injury is tricky, almost like hamstrings and sprained ankles, which LeBron James has right now, a sprained ankle. But LeBron James, hopefully he'll be back in a couple of weeks. The schedule is almost in your favor. Yep. And Anthony Davis – you know, you got to be careful with him. But uh, this was a huge win for the Lakers, and hopefully it'll kind of uh, turn their season around, at least help them ride the ship until LeBron James gets back gets back first. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, they got New York. You know, they have Charlotte. You know, they have New York Monday, of course, you know, where we, as of this recording. They got Boston. Mm-hmm. They got the back-to-backs against Utah and Dallas. That's just a safe travel, folks. I know people are going to be saying, didn't they play already? Look, that's just a safe that's just, you know, like I said, because mm-hmm. of COVID, you know, this is good. We see a lot of teams are going to be doing this, you know, as the season going down the home stretch here. So, look, definitely some opportunities to win some games. And, look, having Andre Drummond there, like I said, I think he can kind of help sort of hold down the fourth, fourth until LeBron and AD are able to come back. And, mm-hmm. look, hopefully, look, if you're a Lakers fan, hopefully you'll see this type of performance that you saw on Saturday against the Nets. Also, another uh, great performance from over the weekend, 
Uh, Enos Cantor of the Portland Trailblazers mm-hmm. as the Blazers defeat the Detroit Pistons 118 to 103. 24 points for Mr. Cantor, but 30 rebounds. First time a Blazers player has done that in three years. Mm, yeah, it's very impressive. And he's kind of like that, that role player for the Blazers. I think that's the most in history, that 30 rebounds. You know, the 12 offensive are the most in the franchise history. He's a fourth player with 30 rebounds in a game in the last 20 seasons. Joined Dwight Howard in the 18 and Andrew Bynum in 2012. And, you know, Kevin Love, mm-hmm. once they started, you know, holding a stat in that, in that, you know, fashion in 2011. So, look, I think he's one of those role players that we've been saying that Portland, if they can stay healthy, can be right up there with the mm-hmm. L.A. teams and Utah. So, hopefully now with everybody back, they can kind of be that be that team so we'll see what happens yeah we'll see what happens with portland as that's uh, as i'll still stand on my mountain that damian lillard should be a top three candidate for mvp now uh, sunday's action was very compelling i know most people didn't pay attention to it because you had the masters going on going on you still have uh the early uh season start for baseball but the Atlanta Hawks who defeated the Bulls on uh, last Friday they defeated the Charlotte Hornets on the road 105 to 101 uh, the Celtics had a got a big win on the road in Denver 105 mm-hmm. to 87 Jason Tatum 28 points 10 rebounds Nikolai Jokic uh, struggled he only had 17 points and 10 rebounds 11 assists he had a triple double but the Nuggets struggled sh- shooting for that game so uh especially in that fourth quarter. It was just got downright ugly for the home team. I did watch some of this game via my computer. The <laughs> New Orleans Pelicans defeated the Cavaliers 116-109. to 109. The Pelicans are still hanging around uh, that ninth, 10th playoff spot. Zion Williamson quietly is having a good year. The all-star birth of the first of his career was, was well-deserved this year. I know the hype train has, has left the station for him because mm-hmm. he was injured last year during his rookie season. He had 38 points, nine rebounds, and four assists. Sorry, Sorry about that, folks, as I was, <laughs> I was doing something on the side the side here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I think they're sort of like quietly, you know, kind of getting to sort of like maybe they finally found their niche with new head coach Stan Van. And, look, I think, you know, Zion, I think this is starting to show you why I think people kind of had him sort of be it's like the second coming, you know, the second, you know, next big star in the mm-hmm. NBA. So, I look, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the team. They're going up in the the, the playoff standings. And look, I, I think they can. I think they can kind of be sort of like that that team. You know, are they there yet? Are they there with the um, the Jazz and? You know, and the L.A. teams, no, probably not, not right now. But mm-hmm. I, I think, look, I think they can kind of sort of be sort of like that team that's going to give teams fits if they do make the playoffs. Other action from sun, last Sunday, the New York Knicks, they're around the 500 mark as of this recording. They defeated the Raptors 102-96. Julius Randle, the first-time All-Star, uh, he carried his weight with 26 points, eight rebounds, and five assists. I did watch most of this game via my computer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this Knicks team is playing very good with defense right right now. New Orleans uh, Noel had a key block on uh, Pascal Siakam uh, in the last uh, 30 seconds of that game. The Tom Thibodeau is clearly making a big difference for that Knicks squad. I'm not going to – well, I'll sit here and say it. I guarantee it, the Knicks will be in the playoffs. This is as far as I'll go with that squad this year. I know it sounds strange coming out of my mouth. I'm sure um, I'm sure we have a few New York Knicks fans listening around mm-hmm. the world on this podcast, but I guarantee you the Knicks will be in the playoffs. 
Well, yeah, like, like, I, like I said, the East is so bad. I think that's probably the one yeah. one way they'll, they'll get it is because the East is terrible. And, and, and look, I think, look, Julius Randle has been playing very well. I think D. Rose has been, like, a nice addition to that team. You know, mm-hmm. we'll, see, we'll see what they can do, I mean, as the, as the season progresses. Like I said, I mean, they have a tough schedule. And, and like I said, it's going to be very interesting to see how, you know, they do where they finish in the playoff standings because, like I said before, you know, they're going to get in in the East because the East is so bad. So, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking for, I like seeing this team play, obviously. You know, again, we'll see if they, this keeps up, but we'll see what they can do. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing more of this team as they, you know, they have a pretty tough mm-hmm. schedule, you know, as we, you know, the season, as the season goes on the second half. So, I'm, I'm, look, I'll, I'll be interested to see what they do. Uh, wrapping up last Sunday's action, the Pacers get by the Grizzlies, 132-125. Karis LeVert, it's nice to see him back on the court after his health issues. He scored 34 points for the winning team for the Pacers. Uh, the Clippers get by the Detroit Pistons, 131-124. to Without Kawhi Leonard, Paul George stepped up, had a big game, 32 points and nine assists. I did watch uh, most of that game via my computer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Alana Techauer, friend of the show, her Miami Heat, they defeated the Portland Trailblazers 107 to 98. Jimmy Butler, another big game from him with 20 points and four rebounds. And the game of the night from Sunday, the San Antonio Spurs on the DeMar Rosen game winning shot defeated the Dallas Mavericks in Dallas 119 to 117. As we as we said before, Lakina, the Spurs are in transition. Even though they don't have LaMarcus Aldridge anymore, they let him go. He signed with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, this team is hanging around. Give Greg. Popovich, the head coach, credit for that. Uh, Christophs Pazingas for the other side for the Dallas Mavericks. He scored a season-high 31 points and grabbed 15 rebounds. If you're the Dallas Mavericks, Lakina, uh, as we said before for the last couple of weeks, uh, I like the way they've been playing. They had turned that season around after uh, an early start that was bad. But the San Antonio Spurs, they're still hanging around. You cannot count them out just yet, even though it's not the Spurs that we are accustomed to seeing. Yeah, I, I I really like what they're doing in – I like what they're doing in Dallas. Like, like I said, like we said earlier this year, I mean, there have been folks that were calling for Rick Carlisle's job. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking, you know, looking to see how far they can go up because I think, look, this is some a team that, that can definitely sort of cause problems with some of the top-tier teams. And I think, you know, that win against the Spurs can only help them. And mm-hmm. but we'll we'll see what they can do in um in, in the playoffs once especially as you know, the season gets more and more and the schedule gets more and more difficult for them. You're listening to Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee, which is she. I'm Sydney Brown. That's me. As we talk about the National Basketball Association, before we move on, Lakina, let's um give out some of the uh, key uh, matchups for this week in the NBA. We'll start off with Tuesday's action, which is tonight for those of you listening to our podcast form. Uh, the first game of the TNT doubleheader at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time is the Los Angeles Clippers. As they uh, start their East Coast road trip, they'll take on the Indiana Pacers. That should be a fun one. I'm looking forward to that one. And look, I, I think this is going to be a very interesting matchup here. And I, I don't know, Sid. I mean, where, where do you see this game? Because I, I, I kind of feel like, you know, we may – this. I wouldn't be surprised if the Pacers pull off, which would be, like, considered the minor upset. What about you? <laughs> You're still in my talking points once again. <laughs> I know minds. the Pacers – Great minds. I know the Pacers are uh, hanging around uh, that uh, playing tournament, those final few playoff spots, along with the Bulls and Hawks and 
it's like you said, it's a, a it's a pile up, <laughs> a yes. car crash pile up for those last few spots. Yes. But I won't be surprised. Not, will Kawhi Leonard return for this game? We shall see. But uh, the Clippers had a big win. They had to scrap and claw to beat the Pistons on their home floor on Sunday. And let's see how they do starting out their West Coast road trip. At 7 o'clock Central Standard Time, it's the, it's the Lakers against the Hornets. Missing stars from both teams. Again, no LaMelo Ball for the Hornets. Of mm. course, no LeBron James and no Anthony Davis for the Lakers. At 9 o'clock Central Standard Time, shout out to Alana Tech Hour again. Her Miami <laughs> Heat will face the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, that should be a fun one there. Jimmy Butler versus Devin Booker. That should be yes. <laughs> that should be a lot of fun. And the second half of that TNT doubleheader, Boston and Portland, Jason Tatum. I mean, scored 50, 50 points a couple of days ago, 53. Mm-hmm. That's the most since Larry Bird, which is a, who scored a franchise record, 60, of course, in 85. But, you know, you got, you know, Tatum versus Dame. I think that should be a very, oh, that should be a lot of fun. I'm glad it's going to be on TNT because people will be able to see it. Yeah, speaking of that, uh, that Larry Bird 60-point game against Atlanta back in 85, I want to say that was. And that game was played in New Orleans. I wonder why that game was played in New Orleans, because Atlanta does not play that game in New Orleans. But I got to watch that game uh, on YouTube. You just reminded me. So I have a little bit more time this week, so mm-hmm. I'll get to – hopefully I can get to watch that game in its entirety via the YouTube. Um, <laughs> jumping up to Wednesday's action from the National Basketball Association – the first game of the doubleheader for ESPN at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, the Brooklyn Nets taking on the Philadelphia 76ers. If you're Brooklyn, hopefully Kyrie Irving will be back. Hopefully James Harden will be back. We know, we know that Kevin Durant is going to play. This will be the last matchup between these two teams this season. On the flip side, Joel Embiid, he is, he is back. Uh, he's been playing well these last few games. Yeah, he's the top MVP candidate in my mind. I look, I, I think he's definitely kind of, you know, especially since coming back, I think he's definitely had, can help sort of, you know, you know, validate his M- M- MVP says. And look, I, I know that, you know, Jokic can, you know, can make, will have a say, you know, we, we've been, you know, Dame, Dame also <laughs> CP3, you know, we talked about it on over the weekend, maybe he should begin some MVP love, but I think MB, I think MB, you know, since coming back, I think is still the leader in, in the clubhouse, I believe. So Besides the Bulls in the Orlando Magic playing at 7 o'clock from the United Center, at the same time you'll have the Milwaukee Bucks facing the, off at the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, this game should be interesting. I'll definitely be watching this one via my computer. Mm-hmm. At the same time at 7 p.m., you'll have the New York Knicks traveling to New Orleans to face Zion Williamson and the Pelicans. That should be a lot of fun, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of scoring too. No no doubt about it. And about the defense, too. I mean, you know, both both mm-hmm. Stan Van and Tibbs are both defensive guys. So we'll we'll see what they'll have what they'll have in store. Um, Dallas and Memphis, you know, Luca versus Ja. I think that should be a fun one there. That's mm-hmm. gonna be the second half of that ESPN doubleheader at 8 30 tomorrow night. Um Miami and Denver, that should be a fun one at nine o'clock. I'll be looking at that one as well. <laughs> we'll be looking at watching that game via my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, go ahead, Sid. Sorry. Okay. Uh, now moving to Thursday's action as we load up the games here. The first game of the TNT doubleheader at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. The Milwaukee Bucks will travel to Atlanta to take on the improving Hawks. That should be an interesting one there. Um, You know, Boston and Los Angeles. I mean, that's like half of that TNT doubleheader. <laughs> 
I mean, look, they've always had, you know, for years, years and years, you know, these two teams have had their battles. So, you know, it should be a lot of fun. You know, both teams are sort of like having their struggles right now. We'll see where they are by the time they play this game. Yeah, you know, it's always a fun, fun one when these two teams, you know, play each other. I'm sure they're going to be give you know teams who will give you all the history and you know, all the nuance mm-hmm. and stuff and all the stuff that that goes on. So, should be fun. All right, let's move over finally to Friday's action, a rare Friday afternoon game, and that's going to be aired on NBA TV at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. The Indiana Pacers going to Utah to take on the hot, hot. Start Jazz. The Jazz have won 24 or 25 straight home games. Uh, let me see. Yeah, so yeah, so where they're playing that game at two o'clock in you know two o'clock in the afternoon, which is gonna be I think it's gonna be like eleven a or I think like one o'clock. I think in over I guess maybe there, there might be yeah over in Salt Lake. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, there might one be something going on. Time. Yeah, there might be something going on. I guess that's probably why they're doing that. But look, this should be fun. It'll be interesting to see the the scheduling. You know, change how these guys are gonna how their bodies are going to be yak to having to play at two o'clock in the afternoon. That should be interesting. Also too, a game that you know, the first game, the ESPN double header that could be maybe perhaps, you know, the preview of the NBA finals, who knows? And you know, the Clippers and the Sixers, that should be interesting. Yep. Hopefully everybody's healthy for both teams uh, for their game on Friday. I'm definitely looking forward to that one. Of course, at 6.30 PM Chicago time is the Charlotte Hornets going to New York to take on the Brooklyn Nets. Of course, at 7 o'clock locally, you'll have the Memphis Grizzlies and the Chicago Bulls from the United Center wrapping up their season series. They, they play each other twice this, this week. Mm-hmm. And at 7 p.m., shout out to Alana Techauer, friend of the show as well. Her Heat will take on the Minnesota Timberwolves. At 7.30, the Trailblazers will travel to San Antonio to take on the Spurs. And then the nightcap on ESPN, the New York Knicks will travel to Dallas to take on Luka Doncic, Kristaps Porzingis. He's facing his former team, the Dallas Mavericks. That should be fun, too. Also, Portland, San Antonio, look, it's always interesting when those two play mm-hmm. each other. So, you know, you got to, you know, you, you got to have to get out for that game. I know San Antonio is sort of going through a little bit of a, a sort of, I don't want to say a rebuild, but they're kind of like resetting. So, but, the, but again, you know, look, those, those two teams always had their battles in recent years. So that should be a fun one in San Antonio. All right, Lakina, let's move on to the Masters. Uh, we had uh, two Masters tournaments in golf over the last six months. Of course, last year's tournament was played in November due to the pandemic. Uh, this year, it was back on schedule. We had history made. Tell us about it. Yeah, Hideki Matsuyama, 29 years old from Japan. He is the first Japanese man to win a major. He's the first Japanese player to win the Masters. And this is significant because... You know, there have been guys that have come on tour from Japan and from Asia that have had their successes. Of course, Y.E. Yang, of course, famously upset Tiger in the, you know, the PGA Championship years ago back in the early 2000s. K.J. Choi from Korea has won a couple of big tournaments. I think, he, I think he's playing in the, the Master, well, the, the Champions League, Champions uh, Tour events, I think they're there. And they're also in Asia, too, which, you know, he travels back and forth. This is the guy, Matsuyama, who's been around for years. He won the Amateur. 10 years ago, almost like 20, almost 10 years to the day, almost over the weekend, um, joining guys like Jack and Tiger and Phil who and Sergio, who all won the amateur, will go on and win the Masters. And, and look, you know, this guy was, you know, very even keeled, you know, 
on the on the outside, but he said to himself on the inside, you know, he was like very nervous and you know, he you know, he said very even keel and that he played well. Look, he could have look, he could have easily lost it when, you know, had that shot at fifteen and went into the drink, but he didn't do that. I mean he was able to save um save a bogey and and then look, I think Look, I think some of the some of the players around him didn't do too well. I mean, Xander Schauffele, who's an American, you know, who was right there for the Masters in November, you know, was very close to winning there. Of course, you know, Dustin Johnson won that one and pulled that out. You know, he I think he would have made it interesting had he not had that that terrible triple bogey. You know, he went for it, it didn't work. You know, had a triple bogey at 16, which kind of sealed it for Matsuyama. And look, as for Matsuyama, I mean, look, he look, he's from Japan. He's from a country where they're golf crazy. There, there are all types of courses up and down Japan and like nine, like a little over 9 million people in Japan play golf in some way, mm -hmm. in some form of capacity. So this is a big, you know, win of, you know, kind of a, a inspiring and pioneering one for him. And look, he's got, look, he's been around a, a while, you know, he's led in some, you know, in a couple of majors. He, he knows, you know, he's been around the guys, you know, the guys, you know, he's very well liked on tour. So this is, you know, people are very excited for him and, Look, I mean, hopefully this will be kind of like the start of a sort of an influx of more and more Japanese players. Of course, with the Olympics being in Tokyo this year, you know, he's going to, I'm sure, going to be the favorite there. You know, that's a course he knows pretty well. So, look, I think the let, let's give a little shout out to golf's newest star. No doubt. A couple of things quickly, Lakina, of course, you know, I mean, I'm a casual golf fan, i.e. Tiger. I know Tiger wasn't there this year. I know he's recovering from his accident. We wish him the best of luck. Absolutely. I did watch the highlights uh, from Sunday, and I did watch a little bit, a clip from the uh, ceremony inside the clubhouse. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about, Lakina, as Jim Nance is there from CBS, uh, the the chairman of the master's committee, and then they have somebody else there. You can remind me. But they were all kind of sent not together together, but they were sitting pretty close. Now, I, I know that the golfers were tested for COVID before they, before they participated. Now, um, were the other people vaccinated or not? I'm not sure. But I'm, I figure, like, I know things are starting to get back to normal a little bit, but Maybe it's just me. I don't want to overreact or be conspiracy up in here, but what? as I'm doing air course for those of you listening on our podcast, <laughs> but they were sitting a little bit too close for me. I know they didn't shake hands. They did um, uh, with the, the winner of the tournament and all the, the other people bumps. in the room. Yeah, they did the give up fist bumps. I said, okay, but they were sitting a little bit too close for me. I didn't have a problem with it. I just figured like, hmm, okay. Well, well there were only five of them there. I mean, you had, you know, um, he had Nance, he had the uh, the chairman of the the Augusta's of the Augusta Club, and he had you know Dustin Johnson, who was the who was the defending champion, also um <laughs> right to on you know Masayama's right, his longtime interpreter. He's been an interpreter since he joined the tour. You know, the, 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 they were pretty far apart. And I'm, look, I'm sure, I'm sure at least a couple of those guys have been vaccinated already. I'm sure. And, you know, so I, I'm thinking, you know, they get tested for COVID, you know, daily, I'm sure both the media and the, um, and the players. So to avoid that situation and, and who knows, maybe, look, maybe some of them, if not all of them have already been vaccinated. I don't know, but look, there was only five people. Mm -hmm. They were distant enough. So. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm, I like to say they're not vaccinated, but I know the players were tested. I know that yeah. for sure. But yeah, so. if the media members were tested and it, obviously they were negative, okay, then oh, okay, I, this this kind of conversation is null and void. I really didn't have a problem with. It. I was like, hmm, it's just interesting. I'm not gonna gonna make a big brouhaha about it, but I just figured interesting. Hmm. 
Yeah. So yeah, it would still be interesting to see what. Well, well, yeah, I think I'm sure. Oh, look, I'm sure there was. I'm sure there was still. Look, and who knows? Some of some of them have been vaccinated, may have been vaccinated already. So I I don't know, but. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I didn't freak out about it I, as much as I thought I would. I mean, look, they were, they were far apart. There were only five people there. And look, there's a lot of okay. air yeah. around, and, and it wasn't that cold. So I'm sure there were windows open, so there was ventilation. So I'm, 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 sure, <laughs> it was, I'm sure it was fine. Spread that COVID out the window. <laughs> we're yeah. in the south, not window, window. Yeah. <laughs> spread, that wind, spread that funk out the window. <laughs> yeah. So, look, I, I, look I, yeah, I'm, I don't want to freak out too much about that. So Right. I just thought it was interesting. I didn't really have a problem with it or anything like that. They didn't really do anything crazy. That's just, it was one of those things that make you go, hmm. hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 look, I understand what you, I, look, look, I saw some folks were saying it on Twitter too. So you're not, you're not the only one, but the, look, okay. I understand. But, I, but look, I'm sure there were a lot of precautions. Look, I'm sure maybe some of those folks, guys have already been vaccinated, had their first dose. So I'm sure mm-hmm. it's, I, I'm sure it's okay. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of being vaccinated, congratulations to the Chicago White Sox, their players, and their whole entire uh, the staff and the organization. Uh, Saturday's game against uh, the Kansas City Royals, as I, we mentioned earlier in the show, they'll be made up on Friday, May 14th. It's part of a seven-inning doubleheader. Uh, Saturday's game was rained out. Uh, most of the organization uh, got vaccinated, so we want to say congratulations to those um, members of the White Chicago White Sox organization. I know there's a, there's still – we talked about this with Cheryl Ray Stout on our last episode. Please go to War Media here on YouTube to watch the interview if you want to watch it. If you want to listen to it, just go to War or Anchor. Look for the episode with Cheryl Ray Stout in our previous episode. Uh, she talked about this with us, that there's going to be some players there that are going to be hesitant about it. From what I read and what I saw, uh, the couple of players that were hesitant to, to get the vaccine, they got the vaccine, so the the majority of the organization is vaccinated. So just want to say congratulations to the White Sox. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting, though, to see how all this other stuff. I mean, look, there's going to be some look, there's going to be some players and coaches are going to hesitate that there's nothing mm-hmm. you can do about that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I th- look, I think at this point, I think some like a lot of folks are just waiting for herb immunity. I think that's what people are, I think that's what yeah. some folks are going to be waiting on to look, you can't make these guys do it. They're going to have their reasons for not doing it. I, I'm not, look, I'm not talking about the anti-vaxxers and conspiracy, people who believe conspiracy theories and the vaccine. Look, I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about folks who right. have like legitimate, you know, hesitation to, you know, to get it. And I, and look, I mean, look, Look, they're the unions are not you're not gonna make their players get it. That's why, you know, I've heard like some people in Hollywood not to go out the you know, off the you know, off subject for sports, but some people mm-hmm. are saying in Hollywood that look, you know, actors should get fired if they don't want to get the vaccine. Like you can't do that because you're gonna be asking for a lawsuit. So look, you can't yeah. unless they're unless they're a particular guild, whether it's the you know, the act the you know, the SAG or the DGA or you know, you know, guilds like that or unions like that, unless mm-hmm. they tell their people like you have to get a vaccine, they you know, you don't have to do it. So I, I think it's gonna be you know, up to, look, I saw the, I've saw some folks, some folks we know, I won't say their names, say, well, you'll do the right thing, get vaccinated. Look, you, you can't make these people get vaccinated. Unless, unless President Biden's going to put in like a, a, a mandate. Look, everybody's going to get vaccinated. He, he's not going to do that, obviously. You know, they cannot do that either. No, they can no. try, but you cannot, like you said, lawsuits and protests and who knows what could happen. I hope we don't go down that road. And I don't think we will, but like you said, Lakeen, you can't force grown adults to do something they, they don't want to do. We should have a, this is why we live in America, right? Uh, freedom of choice, correct? And maybe I'm missing mm-hmm. something, I don't know. 
I'm, look, okay. yeah, yeah, look, I mean, it, 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 it's crazy that people are like freaking out that because no one's gotten the vaccine yet. Look, I know people who've gotten it, but I know some folks who aren't going to get it. And, and look, mm -hmm. they have their reasons. And, and look, I'm not going to, you know, say their names and stuff for their privacy. But look, and like mm -hmm. I said with LeBron, LeBron's going to make this, his decision for himself and his family. You can't, he's, it's not, you know, he doesn't owe y'all anything. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Thank you. Take care of yourselves, folks. Worry about yourselves. The only person you can control is yourself. Exactly. Thanks. All right, Sid. You're listening to Sega City Sports along with Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Sidney Brown, which is me. We have a few um, minutes left, Lakina. Uh, if you listen to this podcast uh, to, on Tuesday, which is today, <laughs> you know that in the world of basketball is the anniversary of a couple of things. Mm -hmm. First, Kobe Bryant still can't believe that he's passed away. Yeah. But five years ago today, he played his last game in the NBA as a member of the Los Angeles Lakers. They defeated the Utah Jazz. Kobe Bryant put up 60 points in his final game. No one saw that coming. I didn't see that coming. It was a great moment. I'll rewatch it again sometime this week via the YouTube. Mm -hmm. Number two, the Golden State Warriors on the same day today, five years ago, they defeated the Memphis Grizzlies to clinch the winningest team, regular season team in NBA history. Of course, the Warriors went 73-9 and in that same season, mm -hmm. lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers in the NBA Finals after uh, holding a 3-1 series lead. The reason why I mention that is because the Chicago Bulls held the record previously for most wins in a season in 96 with 72, and they won the championship in the same season. Yeah, I think that's going to be the so, thing that's that's going to be the thing that um that's going to they're going to hold that over the the Warriors heads that they mm -hmm. actually end up winning it. Of course, you know they lost to LeBron and the Cavs. So, it, uh, look, I mean, it's hard to believe that you know a that Kobe's gone and it's been that long since he you know scored that many points in his final game. And also, this yeah. is actually the day that you know they tore his Achilles as he made two three rows before having to leave against that Warriors team. So yeah, in 2013. Yeah, I remember remember that too. Yeah. Yep. And also, too, the, those two moments have has a Chicago connection. Mm -hmm. The Bulls played the Philadelphia 76ers to wrap up that 2015-2016 season. The reason why that was significant was because the Bulls did not make the playoffs, and that was the end of the Derrick Rose and Joakim Noah era is because both those players were traded over the summer to the New York Knicks. And during that night, Lakina, guess what the Bulls organization did? <laughs> Gar Foreman and John Paxson held a press conference which no one gave a damn about. <laughs> Those uh. two boobs decided to put <laughs> they, they were trying to be so slick. They held the year uh, the uh, end of the year press conference at the same time that Kobe's game final game was going on and the Warriors were going for history. Those two boobs decided to hold the uh, year end review press conference thinking it was trying to slip one past us in the media and fans oh they got caught so bad i know <laughs> i remember got... doing the show uh, down at the <laughs> uh, Il uh Il illinois media school uh it, 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 we uh, i remember our uh, dn davis and shout out to charles prodigy richard we just started our mm -hmm. show at that time on saturday afternoons after that we gave garpax the business you could slip one past us man <laughs> oh, that's the only that's the wild thing I remember about that the most. The Bulls missed the playoffs. Guard packs, uh, they decided to hold a uh, press conference following the game, thinking they were going to get away with it. You guys got caught. 
Yeah, it, it's sort of crazy that they try to kind of like yep. take the spotlight from Kobe and then like, hey, you know, exactly. just be like a whole lot of word sound. It, it's just it, it's just crazy. <laughs> Thinking that no one's going to pay attention. This is Chicago. We pay attention, damn it. We, to everything. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right, Lakina. Uh, <laughs> last moment or two of the show for, for uh, today. Uh, we have learned a whole lot of things about this, uh, about ourselves and about society, about the world during this last year or so with the pandemic, even though things are starting to open back up slowly, we starting to see fans in the stands, uh, both in the NBA and Major League Baseball. It's not a question of if, it's a, a matter of when, W-H-E-N, when we'll see full capacity, especially the things, uh, weather starts to uh, warm up in these next couple of months as the summer is about to get going. We saw a couple of months away from that. It got me to thinking over the weekend, uh, since we're both sports fanatics, for those of you watching and listening, I know you guys are sports fanatics too. We're based in Chicago, and we talked about this before we started recording today, Lakina, that we at least been to all the sports venues for the professionals at least one time in our lives. And I was fortunate enough to travel to a few stadiums outside the Chicagoland area, Comerica Park in Detroit, Mm-hmm. Miller Park in Milwaukee, great ballpark for, for those of you who haven't visited, go visit there, especially when things are open up a little bit more in terms of capacity. And I went to the Bradley Center in Milwaukee way back in the day. That's the now former home of the Milwaukee Bucks. And so I wanted to ask, I'll start with you, Lakina. Uh, I know this is going to be hard, but college or pro venue, what would be your top five venues that you like to like to visit and attend the game in? before we check up out of here. Oh boy, there's so many, both on the pro and the no, college. No, no, I know. It, 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 it's crazy. Um, my, I would think, I think this is a no order. So I think, <laughs> I want to, look, I want to go to the um, the new um, SoFi Stadium, the new um, home for the Rams and the, uh, mm-hmm. Rams and the Chargers. That, that's just, that looks like a beautiful stadium. I've seen it from like the outside. You're going to have fans in there. Uh, and that's yeah. going to be the, the host of uh, this coming this coming season Super Bowl, and that's going to be the home for the 2028 Olympics, I believe. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is in Los Angeles. So yeah, so it, it's it's such a it's a beautiful stadium. You can tell by it's nice and you know covered in the dome, and you know just as the seating and just mm-hmm. the atmosphere, it looks beautiful. And but that's I would love to go watch an NFL game in that stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the Big House in Ann Arbor. I'm gonna go college. That's for a mine. Second. That's one of my five. Yeah, the Big House in Michigan. A hundred and some odd people, of course. You know, now last mm-hmm. year to the COVID. We'll see how it will be. It might. I don't think it'll be that many. I think it'll probably definitely be like about eighty or ninety percent capacity this year. But uh, look, that looks like a fun, fun time to watch a game. Um, it looks, look. I mean, hopefully Michigan will be good this year. You know, they kind of had a you know. So the last few years, but you know, hopefully, you know, they can mm-hmm. you know, get it together there. Also, also too, we oh, and uh, well, so I guess there's uh oh, uh, Brian Denny State, Denny Stadium in uh in Auburn, the you old know, where they play their mm-hmm. football games. Jordan Air, I mean that that looks like a lot of fun too. Look, just just any any of those you know games, those stadiums in the South where they play college football, you know, you know Tiger Stadium mm-hmm. and you know all those stadiums. You know, Clemson Stadium. I mean, look, all those look in Miami that that new the new stadium that they have. I mean, look, those those all look beautiful. And you can pretty you can pick pick any of those stadiums out of a hat in the South. You can pretty much you can't really go wrong mm-hmm. with any of them. So, yeah, would, either any one of those stadiums would be good. 
Um, let's see. You 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 go, Sid, because I got a couple more. I got to think about for a second. Okay, I'll just name mine quickly. The Big House in Michigan, of course. Uh, I would like to uh, attend a, a a game in Dodger Stadium, baseball team, Dodger Stadium. Let's see what else. Uh, those are two. Um, let's go with Global Life Park in uh, outside of Dallas, Texas, the new home for the Texas Rangers. I was watching their home opener last week. That looks nice. I'd like to pay a visit to that. I'd like to go to Target Field in Minnesota. Oh, that look, oh, yeah, that's... Take, take a, taking a Twins and Sox game. I know I had a couple of followers on my Twitter that mm-hmm. did that, that have done that in the past, and they told me, like, you'll like Target Field. So I like to go to Target Field. And let's see, for a hockey game, of course, I would like to go to Montreal. Of course, I have to get a passport first. I, was, I will mm-hmm. get one soon, but mm-hmm. I like to go up there to catch a hockey game there with Toronto. But I would like to go to Madison Square Garden to catch. Ooh. A Rangers game. Ooh, that's a good. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, yeah. For me, PNC Park. Everybody says that PNC yeah. Park is one of the most beautiful baseball stadiums you'll ever you'll ever see. You know, and yeah. Shout the- out to Herb Lawrence of Six Seventy yeah. the Score. He's the producer of the Herb Lawrence Show. Hopefully, we can get him on here on this program in the future. But I know he raves about that park a lot. Yeah, that that's a nice. Um, that that's a, a a beautiful stadium. Everybody says how beautiful that stadium is. It's just. It's just, you know, just absolutely stunning. Um, the L.A. Coliseum, the new, the, the, the you know, it, it's sort of like I wish we, I wish back in the day that we could have, you know, went to those because just all those, you know, they have all types of, you know, the Olympics and, you know, those USC, mm-hmm. UCLA games from back in the day, mm-hmm. back in the 70s and 80s, you know, that would have been really cool. Now, of course, you know, SoFi Stadium is sort of like the, uh, you know, sort of like, you know, the new modern day, I guess, you know, stay in that sense. Um, the Suns Arena, where the Phoenix Suns play, that looks like a beautiful, um, mm-hmm. that's like a beautiful arena to play. And that, you know, I got a chance to look at that. You know, you'll, again, you don't really get to see that more. Also, Cameron Indoor. I mean, just the, the atmosphere there. And, mm-hmm. well, of course, you know, this year with, the, with COVID this past year, you, you know, we couldn't, you know, you didn't mm-hmm. see the atmosphere. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why I do struggle because I didn't have that that six mm-hmm. man there with them. So look, I'm sure there are many, many others, but those are kind of like the ones I can think about at the top of my head. Yeah. I have one more before we get up out of here. Uh, the new, it's not new anymore, but it's fit. No, I think it's now 15 years old this year. If my math is correct, the new Bush stadium for the St. Louis Cardinals, the baseball oh. team. Okay. Yeah. I like to go to watch a game down there. It re- looks really nice. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, and also in Fenway Park. <laughs> in <laughs> Fenway Park, yeah. Um, I know the White Sox going to be there for this upcoming weekend. So, uh, so those are my top stadiums. I know I, we were supposed to give out five, but I gave out seven. But that's what yeah. we do. <laughs> well, and I, look, I, I have to, um, I have to say that you know, I have, I want to go. I have to get a passport first too. But I would love to go to England and go to one of their, you know, with their stadiums and watch some of their, you mm-hmm. know, football games. You know, Old Trafford. You know, where Man U plays. Um, you know, Liverpool, Liverpool, you know, where they play. I mean, it, it's sort of like, it's, it's sort of, you know, interesting to see how, you know, at Anfield, you know, that's where they play Anfield mm-hmm. arena. Well, they call they call them arenas over there in, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> in Europe, but, you know. Just don't throw anything on the field. Yeah, exactly. Oh, they'll, 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 they'll still, they'll nix you in a minute, but yeah, look, I would love to, look, I would love to go to, go to Europe, go to one of those, you know, football games, as they say. So it's, a lot of fun and look i mean look i'm sure there are more and look i'm you know, this, these are the ones at the top of my head 
All right. Let's hope Ooh. we can get to do some of those things now. Things are starting to open back up slowly. Yes. Lakina, close us out. You can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and at Keena McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can catch uh, the episodes of Second City Sports right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media every Monday and every Friday. Once again, every Monday and Friday right here on YouTube at War Media. But our podcast schedule has not changed. You can still catch the audio version of our show every Tuesday and Saturday. Once again, that's every Tuesday and Saturday on War on Anchor, which gets you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and the iHeartRadio app. On all podcast platforms, type in the search engine box WARR on Anchor. You can go to our website, weareregalradio.com, and you can follow us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at War Media. Once again, at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yes. For Lakina, I'm Sid. This has been Second City Sports. Zoom Sal will catch you on our next episode, which will be the weekend edition of Second City Sports. Until next time, Lakina. Be good to each other. Wash your hands. And if you're going to get vaccinated, you know, keep your, still keep your distance. Wash your hands and be good to each other with everything going on. Please, look, if you want real, cha- real change, go out and vote. It all starts at the state local level. That's all I'm going to – I'm just going to leave it at that. Till next time, holla. <laughs>